You're listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Welcome in, everybody, to the episode number 50, 50 of the AntsMarching.org podcast. My name is Jake. I am here with Joe M. Joe M., go ahead and say hello to everyone, please. Hello, everyone, please. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, Matt cannot make it, so it's just going to be Joe and I uh, flying solo. The menage a trois has been broken up, unfortunately. We're all quite sad about that, but Matt will be back soon. Um, he's got a couple of things he had to take care of, and we've got a lot to get to because, unfortunately, we've been behind about a week uh, on shows, so we're going to try to get caught up on all the shows that we missed. Thankfully, Joe saw every show that's mm. happened. So, so <laughs> I did see a number, as always. but not, not. I did not see all of them. Did not see all of them. But we're going to try to get to all of them because we know we've had a lot of people tweeting at us about, uh, hey, we want you to talk about this show and this what happened and, and such like that. So we're going to go way, way back in the way back machine, back to June. We're recording this on the 16th of July. Uh, by the way, uh, a little bit early in the afternoon. And I, I should mention something that we do every week, it seems like, or every time, rather, is we always mention what we're drinking. So, Joe, let's start with you. What are you consuming right now? Wah, wah. Um, the hotel bar has not um, is not serving at the moment, so I've had to procure a Diet Coke. Uh, very exciting. Oh, that sounds um, about, what about, quite I delicious. hope you have something a lot more interesting than a Diet Coke. I do, actually. I'm trying something I've never tried before. Um, it is from the Lazy Magnolia um, Brewery. They're out of Mississippi. I believe they're out of Jackson, Mississippi. And it is called Southern Hops Fatality. Get it? Hops because it's an IPA. Didn't. And let me tell you, it is very hoppy and it's, it's quite good. I would drink it again. So if you're ever in uh, Mississippi, stop on by and have one of those Lazy Magnolias. Or if they sell it in your neck of the woods, neck of the way. So there you have it. I'm drinking and you're not, and that never happens. It's usually the other way around. I know. That's, that's what it was last podcast. But my, my Coke does have one of those cheesy marketing things on it that says uh, VIP. So I find I'm a VIP. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. I'm glad that the, the <laughs> Coke industry has finally accepted you as, as what you are. And speaking of being a VIP, as a VIP, you, of course, attended – uh, right outside Philadelphia in the beautiful town of Camden, did you not? Camden, we talked about. Did we yes. talk about Camden uh, last week? No, no, thought we did. That's how long it's been. No, we we just need a quick. Re- no, I'm telling you, Camden. Oh, you're right. We did in Camden, the first two night stand of the year, and man, we didn't get correct. A, we didn't get a chance, did we? Um, no, we did because I remember saying that I was someone was trying to drag me out to the show. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, I was not at Camden, and actually, I have this thing where um, trying to make sure I've pretty much been at any city that has had multiple dates, any two night stand, three night stand, blah blah blah, any kind of the pinnacle locations that get multiple shows that you get a good variety and make it can make a good trip out of it, make a good weekend. I've been to I think all minus Camden, and Camden has been that one that has just been on the list and just never a good time, never been able to get there. Um, mixed reviews about the venue itself, but definitely gets usually gets some good shows. Um, I guess I should say usually. This this year was uh, pretty interesting, and maybe I'm not too upset that I missed them. 
Yeah, um, Camden Night One didn't get the greatest reviews. You know, once again, the ladies were there. This was um, back when the ladies returned, so that meant the last five songs of the sh- of the show were going to be ladies. The Smooth Rider made the return, which nobody wanted to hear. Um, they're still doing Be Yourself. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Night Two was a little bit better on paper. Um, wasn't the greatest, um, sharpest performance of the year. Um, it ended with the encore that seemingly no one likes, and that was Space Between and Shake Me Like a Monkey. Mm. It seems to me, yeah, it, it seems to me, Joe, that that really encores really set the tone for how people leave a show. Would you agree with me? I, I agree, yeah. I mean, or or not even leave, obviously leave the show because that's the last thing that the that you get you take right. out but, and that's the, what you're gonna most I first mean, thing like you're gonna talk about. Memory, yeah, yeah, last memory. It's the right. first thing you're gonna talk about, and that's for people that are at the show. And then I even think you know people that aren't at the show, um, they're just kind of following the band, doing the quote unquote couch tour. Um, I think that's the first thing they look at too. And and, and there's re there's. There's precedence to on why to to believe that or why to stress so much the encore because the band is known to change the encore on how they're feeling that the show is going and if there's anywhere in the show that's most likely to change they'll change anywhere obviously but the encore when they get a chance to go back um, on encore break huddle around their table um, toast some wine or some juice or whatever and uh, kind of talk about how the show's been going and if they're having a blast and they're like the crowd is really into it or they've been really into it vibing off of each other they they change the encore and they play something that they just know that fans like or they'll add stuff or or amp it up so when you when you think you know the man goes back does their encore break and then comes back out and decides you know what let's play space between and shake me like a monkey and that's how let's that's how we're going to close a two-night stand punch to the gut that's that's how that's how it that's how it would make me feel and the night before the encore was a single encore song, which has actually happened quite a few times this year, and that was You Might Die Trying. And You Might Die Trying is one of those songs we talked about in the last podcast that seemingly has improved. Um, I don't know if it's to the point where it's an encore song. However, if you were at Camden and the three songs you saw in the encore were You Might Die Trying, Shaking Like a Monkey, and Space Betwixt, I think you might be a little uh, lacking. Yeah, I, I mean, I would nice say thing. you might die trying can be in the is 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 a powerful song. It can be in the encore, but to be the one song, does it can it stand up on its own? Just to be the one song, band's gone for freaking four minutes, encore break, crowd's going crazy, cheering, blah blah blah. They come back, you get one song, and it's you might die trying. I don't know that it can stand on its own. It needs needs like a best of what's around to kind of prop up against and then i think uh, then it could be pretty good right and prior before we get to the um weekend show that i know you went to which was spac which everyone wants to hear about there were two shows in the middle that i think and and just so you guys know a little inside baseball we usually kind of write out uh, what we're going to talk about and if you look a little down on the page joe you'll see where we mentioned um the midweek shows um I want to mention that real quick because there's kind of two shows in the middle. One is in Des Moines, Iowa, um, and the other one was in I, where were they? They were in St. Paul, and I think midweek shows kind of get almost forgotten a little bit. But if you just look at the set list for Iowa, the, the set list is incredibly strong. It's a very, very good show. 
Uh, I have not heard the tape for that one yet. I have not heard the tape for the July 1st show from St. Paul, Minnesota. That also had Grace is Gone um, in the uh, acoustic set, which I think is just really, really good there. Also, The Stone, which is so nice that they brought that back. Just some pretty solid shows in the middle of the week. What are your thoughts kind of on middle of the week shows? I know that because of your schedule, it, it's often that you end up on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so, no, I actually thrive. I, I kill for middle of the week because I actually feel like that's the 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 least on it. You don't expect it, you know, and it's usually not anything super groundbreaking. Like you're not going to get the 40, right? But you're going to get something unique like, uh, you know, I don't, you know, say goodbye or, um, you know, some other kind of tour de- debut, like for Io got paid for what you get. Um, so I like that. I like that they kind of break some of those out at the, in the, on this, this one-offs. And sometimes you get really good guests, too, which happens coming up here in a couple shows. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan for the midweek. I got a couple here recently. Um, I wish they were easier to do. They're, they're not harder. But I think the band kind of understands that for anybody going to show, even those living in the city, for a, a mid a middle of the week isn't easy, and um, I think they kind of raised the bar a little bit to to make up for that. You, what do you think? And for, I agree with you actually. And for a while there, um, it seemed like the ladies were not appearing in the midweek shows, mm-hmm. um, or at least that was going to be the thought after they did not appear in in Iowa and Minnesota. Um, but then they pop back up in the middle week shows uh, in Detroit and Cleveland. And then from when, when we're recording it just a few days ago, uh, right outside Kansas city and right outside St. Louis. Um, so if you're in the camp where you're trying to avoid the ladies songs, um, well, there's nothing you can do about it now, really. Um, but like you said, it's kind of hit and miss. Um, those shows, the, the previous two, we talked about Iowa and Minnesota were very, very good. Um, even if you take away the fact the ladies were there, um, Kansas was pretty good. St. Louis really wasn't, to be honest with you. No offense to the people that were there. If you had a good time there, that's good. Um, just this kind of set list on paper that, that I don't think I would be extraordinarily interested in. So like you were saying, it's, it's hit or miss. There's, there's some, there's some running theories about the ladies, you know, on the boards. I know you, I think you've seen them about, you know, there, is there some logic to their appearances this year? And, you know, one of the ones... Well, what are your thoughts about it? Well, I mean, I, I didn't... It didn't even cross my mind until somebody pointed out. It was like, they seem to be, not to a science, but they seem to be making appearances at venues they did not make an appearance at last year and, and um, trying to cover those. So those that maybe wanted to see them and they didn't play your show, they seem to be extra focused on hitting those. Sort of to, yeah. to kind of torture everyone equally over the last two years is that kind of your thought? yeah maybe uh, they don't want anybody to feel left out on the on the torture i don't i mean so you know that's kind of been the running theory you know if i go to a show and i'm like were they here last year no i feel mm, good chance that they're probably going to be here this year well i i you know there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of proof to that actually, because it, it's sort of happened that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so it's interesting. Now, it's not set in stone. Um, the ladies were not in Atlanta and they were not in Atlanta in 2014. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there are some, some outliers, but um, if you kind of look at everything else, it seems to be the way it broke. Right. So it's, um, 
It's kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. I mean, um, so you know, maybe we'll see if the trend continues. Uh, got a couple of big weekends coming up, but we'll we'll touch on that on late pass. I guess going back to that that uh, Iowa show. I mean, I know you you liked the show. You liked the set. Um, looking at it, I mean, I thought that acoustic um, set one was pretty quiet. It was. I mean, here here's here's the set for for those listening. It was started off with rye whiskey bartender stay or leave pay for what you get what would you say song that jay likes you and me snow outside two step belly belly nice and there's some there's some energy songs in there right right what would you say two step um but it, there, it's kind of a for me it seems a little drawn out of a of an acoustic set when i remember watching it come across the dmb live I was just when snow outside came right after all that series of songs. I'm like, oh geez, I don't know if that was a good spot for snow outside. You, you know, I'm going to take the opposite uh, approach to that. I actually like a quiet acoustic set. I I I would appreciate even songs like Mercy uh, in the acoustic set. I I like bringing in stuff that's a little more. You sit downish. I mean, I know nobody sits down for DMB shows. That's just not the way it goes. But I appreciate that. I, I kind of like that. I think that that's that's kind of what it should be. I wish they would expand on that a little bit. I guess my preference um, is I, that they they would keep the same kind of mix. That if you're going to have a couple slow songs, bring it up with a couple high sides that that they've done year after year in the electric set. I, I guess if you're gonna be quiet and primarily quiet in the first set. Then don't be don't have as much uh, quiet songs in the second set, and um, you know they still had Black and Bluebird, still had Virginia uh, in the rain. So I was like, Ugh, I mean, if you're gonna do that much in the first set, maybe make the second set louder, more energy. Okay, I, I I see your point. Well, speaking of energy, there's nothing more energetic than the thought of the SPAC weekend, which is rapidly becoming. It, well, not even rapidly, but it, it essentially is the East Coast Mecca as Medina is to Gorge, or you can reverse those if you want, or if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just take it that they're both places that a lot of people want to go to. <laughs> um, seemed like there was a lot of weird buildup going into it because the ladies did not appear in the prior two shows. So the question was, are they going to appear there? They did. Um, the other question was there was this sort of movement on the boards inside the SPAC thread and a couple other threads actually too, um, not just to you know, eliminate that, but would there be some actual vocal displeasure to the ladies? If you listen to the tapes from both nights, you'll hear some murmurings that sound like somebody might be saying Magoo. Um, they probably weren't. <laughs> you were there, Joe. I, I don't want to... I don't want to put booze into people's mouths, but what do you think the reaction was, especially considering that the band changed up everything and the ladies no longer ended each night with the last four or five shows, but our songs, but they sort of mixed it through. Yeah. So, um, semi anticlimactic for spec because, um, actually for the, the, the second set, um, the microphones for the ladies were set up. And so anybody, Keen eye could see. Okay, the ladies are the ladies are going to be coming at some point during the show. It seemed like it would probably be at the start there. Um, so you know they came out for uh, save me at the at the start, and I would say there's the the initial 
I think, you know, like you said, you can hear it in even the recordings, the initial like, kind of grumble or moan, but then everybody, I think, got over it fast and cheered probably. I would say for sure the lawn loves it. You probably couldn't find a boo on the lawn. The, 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 the lawn loves the ladies. Uh, just, uh, just coincidence or not, um, they, they seem to love the ladies. So I would say, you know, the pavilion, sour, but then got over it. Uh, and the lawn happy, but but what they did was really good on night one is, and I think what's one of the you know kind of issues people have had with it is they started with them and then they went away and came back and then went away and came back. They actually came out three separate times, not just one big long stretch of the group of ten songs you know you're going to get with the ladies. Um, they starting with them was good. They didn't finish with them, so I think that really got people comfortable. That it was broken up, start at the show um, uh, format. So that, that's that was kind of what I saw or my own take on it too from from night one. Uh, my theory on the lawn is, and this is no offense to anybody that has lawn seats or likes going to see a show in law in the lawn or anything like that, but Dave could go up on stage and basically fart, and the the lawn would cheer because <laughs> half of them don't have any idea what's going on anyway. The lawn is a party. The lawn, lawn is, is every Jimmy Buffett concert you've ever even thought of in your life mm -hmm. there's nothing going on on stage that matters to the lawn and i've walked through the lawns walked through many a lawn and I, that's just the way i look at it is nobody cares and i know it's a little different even at spac though because spac's lawn is is essentially the size of the entire state of new york but i i just think that that Nobody cares. It doesn't matter what's going on on stage. They, hey, wait, something just happened. Okay, yay, mm -hmm. wonderful. Stop you know, talking. Stop talking saying. for a moment, and and uh, oh, we all cheer, and then we can go back to um, go back to talking. It, it basically that's what it is, and you know that's it's unfortunate. Um, I, I do have a couple of specific questions for you regarding. I'm going to start with night, I, I, and I, I just want to state uh, for the record that I have listened to both uh, night one and night two from from SPAC. Um, how One of dare my you. favorites. Yes, <laughs> I listened to them uh, just a couple of days ago. I, I did not listen to them in order, though. Nope. I listened to Night Two first, which we'll get to in a moment, and then Night One. Um, One of my favorite songs of all time is by Al Green, and it's called "Take Me to the River." Hmm. Dave has been interpreting it for a while, and Al Green played with the band and the ladies uh, back in uh, 2000 in uh, Chicago. What was your take on "Take Me to the River"? It was great. It was an awesome little surprise. Uh, um, for whatever reason, reason I, for whatever reason, I was actually playing around with my DMB library of just on my computer, and for just like prior that week, uh, that song came on, and I was like, "Oh, like well, love this song. Never going to hear it again." You know, is they did those those two times full band, um, and when it came out, I was like, I recognized it right away. And I was into it, and I don't think I jumped around or went crazy, or even the rest of the venue did. Um, but everybody seemed to know it, you know, either from DMB or from, you know, uh, uh, other covers, um, and uh, sang along. So I it worked really good, and people seemed pretty. It's really fast. I mean, I think it's you know, a few minutes that song's over. So it wasn't like they they drew it out or did anything special, even with the even with the ladies on it. Um, but yeah, it was right. Good. I I um I yeah. I didn't like it, but that's okay. You know, um, 
It's that's, four. You it's know, four. It's, like, how long is it? I mean, I don't know if you have the I recording there. Was, I, I just thought they they completely messed it up. I thought they 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 acted like they never played it before, and that's what it sounded like to me. But that's just me, you know, and that's why uh, I'm usually right and you're wrong. But that's okay, you know. That's that's why we're in the places where we are. I but, but I can I'm anyway. giving the perspective from somebody at the show, and I may not have been able to contrite can. Uh, critique it as good as somebody that is listening to it after the fact and kind of listening in for those kind of things. Um, That's fair. So they may have, they may not have been the most crisp, but uh, you know, in the moment when you get, uh, you get a song like that, that freaking hasn't been played for a long time. um, You understand that there might be a couple hiccups in it. So on that same note, did you realize that, uh, the Dreaming Tree was essentially a like forest fire. No, because that ver- that version was not good. Oh, really? The oh. end was good. the end was great. Bella's solo was very very good, but it had some issues at the beginning. Besides the fact they're still playing it way too fast. Yeah. This is the this is the 2014. We're, we're going to play this as quickly as humanly possible version I, I, again. Do you have the time again? Do you have the track time? I mean, I think uh, it's like it's like 15 minutes, but still, it's 15 minutes with a four-minute Bella jam. What 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 pace what pace do you want it at? Um, like they played it in any year but 2014. You gonna make me look up on a past one? Like how many? How long is that? But it's not it's not so much the because you can't compare it to this time. I know because you got Bella in it this time. So it's yeah, it, it's the speed of it. it. Just it sounds fast. It just it didn't sound sharp to me. I was not overly impressed. I was not overly impressed with with night one. I will um, take a just, not sharp dreaming tree any day, any day. I'll take a not sharp dreaming tree because it's gonna top the sharpest belly belly nice, you know, or whatever. You know, it's uh, it, it sounded great, and I, it needs to be make more appearances. And maybe if it makes more appearances, they'll get more sharper. Maybe they'll slow it down. Um, I, but I'll, I happily, happily welcomed it. I actually was uh, eh, okay about Bella's. I was like, yeah, Bella on Dreaming Tree. Love to see this, hear this live. Um, actually, I didn't think Bella did it, did as great as he probably could have done. It seemed like you liked it, but um, any, like I said, any day I'd take a Dreaming Tree. Um, and speaking of things that you'll take any day except for this song, um, how about the back-to-back of can't stop and be yourself. I mean, if if that doesn't get you going, nothing will. The funny and by thing. nothing I mean nothing. <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't know how I can admit to this, but um, hanging out, hanging Guys, out. Sh- stop. <laughs> what you suck. You're the worst. I know what no. you're gonna say. Go ahead. Say. No, you actually don't. I am not gonna say. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. You probably will. You'll never hear those words from me. No, what I'm gonna say is, you know, after the show. Um, I was like, that was a good show. I had I had a good time at that show, and and it was everyone. I was getting some mixed feedback from others, like, eh, you know, really don't like that one run. I was like, what run are you talking about? And then, well, kind of the black and blue bird belly nice can't stop be yourself cornbread. I was like, oh, can't stop be yourself. I realized what happened was, um, at, once black and blue bird started, I decided I'm gonna hit the bathroom. Grab a drink, and I'm gonna go uh, visit some visit some other people that are at the show that I haven't gotten to see. And that the the belly belly nice can't stop. Be yourself. 
just kind of disappeared to me. I just kind of like erased it. I must, I was more entailed with doing those other, <laughs> with doing those other things. And when I erased those, like I said, the show was freaking awesome. But then when I went back and realized like, oh yeah, they did play freaking Can't Stop and Be Yourself. I just kind of forgot about them. So yeah, that was a, that was a little bit of a bummer. Um, but actually, I actually don't really recall much of it. So I'm kind of happy with it. So the key is that when you hear can't stop or be yourself, that should be your time to mingle. Just go ahead and mingle. move out of your seat. Go, um, go find some friends. Go meet some new people. You know, maybe just, you know, turn to your neighbor and just introduce yourself. Say hello. It's the, it's go the, right ahead. It's, it's, it's a social song. You know, the band is playing it and everyone is supposed to go be social at that point during that part of the set. Apparently so. And, and you know, I think that you and I were both kind of kind um, to be yourself saying, Listen, it's the music is kind of good and funky and mm -hmm. and, you know, the lyrics are uh, just an absolute close hanger abortion. But, you know, we're just we'll go with it and see what happens because lyrics change a lot. We've seen it through all the years. Um, we've got about eight be yourselves or bees yourself uh, so mm -hmm. far, and the lyrics really haven't changed much. Mm -hmm. So is it time for us to get worried? Uh, it's gotten old and it's only been played eight songs, eight times. Yes, that's a, that's not, a, that's not a good uh, longevity sign right there. Uh, I think we talked about this a little last time, but I mean, has there ever been a song that debuted that people are just like, f that noise? <laughs> and I can't think of anything that just even can't stop when it first came out wasn't hated that much because people were kind of like you and I were talking. We're like. Well, you know, it's the lyrics are awful, but you know, it's kind of it might develop into something, and it never did. I haven't, so. I haven't really, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anybody get, anybody get excited about it. Uh, it's just I've heard a lot. I've heard about probably equal parts not a fan, and equal, you know, other parts um, neutral or indifferent. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not a good thing uh, for be yourself. Uh, it just—it's a good sound. It's a unique sound. It's a new sound for the band, and I think it's—it's it's refreshing. Um, but it—it's—it's it's not really creative at the same time. Or it gets old. It's just like—I don't know. It's just like a clip of, like somebody played a clip of something different, and you're like, oh. And but then you don't need to hear that clip again. You heard it once. You're good. Exactly. So after the show ends um, on Friday, uh, there's a fan. And for those of you that don't know this, there are people that follow the Dave Matthews band that see them more than once, like Joe M, for example, mm -hmm. um, who's seen them approximately three million times. Um, but there are fans out there and I've met them and, and Joe's met them as well. That essentially have seen a billion shows. And by a billion, I mean more than 200. A, a fan that has uh, seen more than 300 actually um, saw Dave after the first night and had an opportunity to um, say a few things to him. And according to what we read on Twitter um, from a guy who's infamous for lying on Twitter, but that's beside the point, he said that uh, he asked for number 40 and for Cry Freedom to be played the following night. Ha, and ha. lo and behold, how funny is second that? song? Yes, the second song out there. At what point did you actually start crying when Dave started playing number forty? Oh. That's my question to you. Oh, it was. I didn't cry. I should have cried. 
Um, I think I was my my body was too too excited, too much in shock when number forty came on. The crowd. I don't think there's a better place to play forty than probably Spac. The crowd was freaking singing that song so loud. I, I don't know if you heard it on the tapes if it came through. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it was. It was just... It was epic um, that it came out. Somebody actually had a 40 sign also, um, though I don't think that necessarily played into factor. Actually, we know it didn't because it number 40 was actually on the set list, which is another crazy thing to say is 40 listed on the set list. Um, yeah. As far as I know, that is the first set list that we've actually seen that actually said that on there. Now, we'd have to go back to 2009 uh when the when DMB played it at SPAC again, that was the version that was on the warehouse disc. Yeah. Um, to see if it was actually printed on there, and I don't know if we have it. I'll have to check with the almanac and see if they have a a um, set list listing of that. But from what that when, is from incredibly when? rare. It would be six twenty one oh eight. I think did I say oh nine? I meant oh eight. Hmm. Start rapidly typing at the same time. See if our good friends at the Almanac have it listed. The set list, if you're not familiar with it, while Joe's looking that up, I'll kind of explain. Uh, you'll see them tweeted out. We tweet them out at Ants often. And, and thankfully, the, the good folks over that are running the DMB official Twitter, which, uh, by the way, shout out to them, because they're really doing a nice job of, of really Agreed. kind of interacting with fans and, and really giving you a lot more of it. So really big ups to the official dmb twitter and if you're not following them you actually should because it's great but they tweet out the set list every night and they actually cross out the song that was played uh that was supposed to be played and write in the one underneath it so those set lists and if you're a lucky enough fan you can finagle your way into getting one from someone we would tell you how to do it but then joe wouldn't be able to get his and that would just not be fair so it's not gonna happen oh shut so, up i don't care i want i i happily i actually got a drumstick uh after night one of uh um of spack and actually gave it away i, I i'm i'm not into collecting that stuff if i get one i i, I give them did away you, these days did you really yep yep i did good good for you Good for you. That is, that is, did you sign it before you gave it away? <laughs> nope, did not sign it. Uh, so, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to hoard anything by any means. But I did look up the set list and it actually was on the set list for 62108. So, um, interesting. Um, but clearly it has not been on the set list since then. And the way it was actually yeah. on the set list for SPAC was something I'd never seen either. It was, it was what, um, what did they play right after uh, 40? Do you remember? Was it One Sweet World or what did they play? Um, Cornbread. Corn. No, um, for um, for SPAC, sorry. Oh, oh, for SPAC. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the uh, the other one. Of course, I got to go back. They played Beach Ball. Beach Ball, that's right. What was interesting was like it had Beach 40 and Beach Ball were on the same line and 40 was like in like a real kind of small font and then Beach Ball was after it. And I was like, that was also seeing forty on the set list. Surprising, seeing it in a way that it was like kind of small and in an into beach ball. Never normally they don't put like a kind of transition or something like that on a set list like that. So that was also unique. But clearly, uh, you could tell when he when he got he started to play. You know, it was very he knew he was playing going to play forty. He kind of smiled and he went straight into it, nice and loud. It wasn't even like a, a, a quiet build up to it. And it was it was the full thing, um, you know. It was full on the forty. So, um, yeah. I mean, that 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 um, 
acoustic set just rocked. I mean, I is there a better acoustic, uh, first acoustic set than that one? I mean, that that one is just hard hard to beat for acoustic sex. Beach ball forty, um, uh, having um, having um, uh, Bella out there. I mean, it's hard hard to ask for a better acoustic set than that. On on friend of the devil, which was played as a tribute to the dead, which we're playing with Trey from Fish, lead singing them on that very same day, um, wherever the heck they were. So I thought that was a nice touch to play a um, Grateful Dead song. Grateful it's only the Dead. second time a DMB has covered a Grateful Dead song because they did Friend of the Devil that evening, and they did um, they did uh, Eyes of the World back when Jerry Garcia passed away as a tribute to him hmm. two days after that, back in, in 1995. That would be 8 11 uh, 95 if you're scoring at home. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And, you know, there's sort of that history that that DMB sort of in, in some people's minds took the torch from the Grateful Dead, although I think they're very different bands. But I think that was that's a nice tribute that they played that. And, and it was actually a nice version, too. Which, you which you think good. DMB? Took yes. the, you think DMB took the torch? What about fish? I don't, what about fish? I, I don't think I don't think so. I think fish did. But I think people think that I think that there's a. There's a notion out there that DMB is the jam band that took over for um, Grateful Dead. They they got their sound system, but I mean that means nothing to me. I when I think of a jam band taking over for Grateful Dead, I think it's Fish. I think I think That's DMB me. got compared just because journalists and people describing it didn't really know how to classify a band that had played lots of dates. Tour, touring was their their big thing, and they're known for the touring, and they had mass following. They didn't know, really know what to call that, and I think they just kind of said, you know, the, you know, kind of the Grateful Dead type of thing. But I, that, I think that was more years ago and early on. I don't think it happens anymore today. And I think if anything, D and B has established that brand, and would be would other bands would get referenced as being D and B in that way um, than more um, Grateful Dead. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Uh, moving to the electric set. Well, of, one, well of fact. I, so can I say one more? Go thing? ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They, they also played like a little like um, um, the the crowd started chanting USA, 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 really, really loud. Band was loving it because this was obviously on Fourth of July, and. Um, then uh, you know the horn section started playing you know some um, patriotic um, you know traditional patriotic um, horn stuff and uh, it was it was pretty sweet so I mean just from acoustic set forty um, beach ball um, that that Fourth of July kind of thing going into tripping billies uh, friend of the devil uh, Bella Fleck out there I mean a I mean I could just have been satisfied with set one so. Leading into where you're going with set two, it, it was all icing on the cake at that point. Yeah, and and this is a weird show for me, and, and I'm going to be Mr. Downer as I off times am. Um, it is going to be the highest rated show in the history of AntsMarching.org. So from 2002 to next, it's rated right now at a 4.81. It's probably going to go up. And I got bad news for you. The show ain't that good. Um, I know people hate hearing that. But it's really not. Um, Why do you say and that? And it's because because the forty one was awful. The ladies suck. Um, they what they do to you and me is a crime in seventeen nations. And essentially, the show ended with thank you, which is just 
dumber than a box of hammers. What do you mean, essentially? It ended with thank you, and if the crowd hadn't stood there and cheered and they hadn't written a poor set list that realized they had another eight minutes left, they would never have played Ants the Little Tees into Halloween. They had eight minutes left? I didn't hear. That's the first I heard that. They seemed like they went way late, like over when they were supposed to go, even before they watched Encore, because they played um, Crush... As the and they were supposed to go into two step. Two step was on the set list to close the main set, right. set two, and they had a cut. They had to go because they they hadn't even got to the encore yet, and they were already over. You know, it was already past eleven or something. Um, it was pretty darn late without even get to the encore. So the fact that you're saying that they had eight minutes left and that's why they added Halloween, I don't agree with that. Well, maybe I miscounted, but regardless, ending a show with with thank you sucks and. And sorry to Sly and all of the Family Stone. I actually like that song too, but it's just I, I, this is why I can't stand so damn lucky. It does because suck. So damn lucky. It, it does suck, it's but it just didn't. A but they didn't end with it, and I felt the same way because actually every day got played as the second song of the electric set, and the crowd did the thank you outro, and the band reciprocated it and played the horn, uh, the horn part and the drum part to thank you, and um, yeah. So the fact that I was like, okay, check mark, thank you, um, thank you, toll has been paid. Yeah, exactly. We did our. We it, did that's our what piece. it feels like. It's just like, don't play this. Stop it. Yeah. I, everybody. So, every time it happens, I just want to go shh. Yep. Shh. So when thank you got played in the encore, I was like, ugh, and I'm like, there is the potential that there could be another song after that. They've done another song after Thank You in the past. Normally, I think it's been Ants, though, and we got Ants Night 1, so I was like, crap, what would it be? And I was like, you know what? While Thank You's going on, nope, this is going to be one of those times where Dave's going to throw it on the mic and he's going to pull out the dance moves. I'm doing air quotes for those listening to the podcast. And um, and that's how they're, they're going to walk out and get the, the crowd amped up and the, the, the band really wants the crowd to continue to sing the thank you um phrase even when they're done as they're walking off show that that is their dream and they try to coach the crowd to do it every time except the crowd starts clapping once they put their instruments down so it never continues but that's what they want um right it happened that one time in colorado back in 08 where the crowd sang for like nine minutes um but that was a special thing and there was a it was a, there was a, a video stream a, a webcast of it and mm. just yeah, it's so just, uh, it's I mean, not, and it's I not like the, the song. It's yeah, just, yeah. I, there's a there's this is a weird year for me for covers because there's a lot of songs that I like that they play that I don't really like them doing. So yep. I, you know, I, I I wasn't that impressed with how much how much is I, it is it that it ends the show versus just the song? Like if it's in the middle of the show, does it change your opinion all or same opinion? Probably, and that's not fair, but it's true. Change I mean, to be honest. Just, just to be honest, I think that's, that's, that's the truth of it yeah. all. So, yeah. But I mean, you know, so you, but the, the important part is that you had a blast at SPAC. It was awesome. And yeah. That's, and that's really what it's about. And 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 as long as people had a good time at the shows, regardless of if they were slightly overrated or not, the important part is that everybody had a good time there. Yeah. And so, and, and I think. And I, and I don't know, just a, one more thing to ask you. Did, did you get a chance to hear the improv jam for night one? I, I did. I, I heard I heard that one, and there was a little one on night two also. Um, the night one improv jam was very interesting. Very, um, yeah. 
that reminded me, and I'm gonna, I have a feeling I'm going to have a different opinion on this than you do, but that reminded me more of the original Mansfield Jam that became the Preacher Man thing. Hmm. Um, to me, it felt really, really organic and new. Is pre- That's what it felt is like. Preacher Man, the same thing as Kill the Preacher. Kill the preacher, yeah, whatever the hell they're stupid I just, calling I just, it. I, I want to make sure we're on the same page. It was really put together. I, the, the, it, it was, I wouldn't call it improv by any means. I would call it a jam. Improv, there was nothing improv, improv about it. Maybe, maybe that it wasn't on the set list. Maybe that's why you call it improv. But it was well put together. There were freaking established parts of it. Uh, I'm really excited to find out what that will be. I am fairly certain... That at some day in the future, this year, many years down the road, that that name of that in our set list will change from Improv Jam to uh, a tease of something of some sort. It'll make an appearance. But couldn't you say that about Kill the Preacher for the first time you heard it, which was the the Manfield's Jam? I mean, that sounded very polished and and rehearsed. And this was in 2012 Mm -hmm. when nobody knew all the new songs and people were just like, wow, that's going to be my new favorite song Mm -hmm. on the album. And come to find out that they literally made it up right there. So maybe I'm wrong. I, I just to have so many members of the band coordinated on, on it for this this one here, uh, this improv jam. I just have a feeling that it's been it's been it's been it's been used before and they, they knew what they were doing. But maybe I'm wrong. That's what keeps us excited this exciting. Yes. Well speaking of things that are exciting um, we're going to take a very brief break, and we come back. We're going to do a quick segment, and then we're going to jump right into Twitter questions. So we get some really great Twitter questions this week. So hang on one second, and we'll be right back. you enjoyed what you were listening to just then and i think you're going to enjoy this just as well i put on my radio voice there i'm trying to do my mat thing <laughs> w-t-a-m you know just to just to flash back i you know way back in the 1700s when i was in college i used to do um play-by-play for for the alabama baseball team and i used to do this the name of the stadium was sewell thomas stadium i used to always do my radio voice when i came back welcome back to sewell thomas stadium as we're bringing you the action today as the alabama crimson tide are taking on yeah just never really took off that's okay darn it um yeah i know 
but but now you have a, had, now you've grown yeah. up and have a podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but something that has taken off, which is an awesome segment, if you don't mind me saying that, would be this thing that we have that's called show flow. Um, before we kind of get into the new thing we have, I just want to give everybody a little refresher course on it. Show flow is a very simple method you have of rating a show, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Basically, look at the set list, and when you do in Tour Central, you're going to see to the left of the song a plus or minus with a kind of slash in the middle, and then there's an arrow pointing up, a zero, and an arrow pointing down. And basically, all we want you to do is either click up, yes, I like it, down, no, I don't like it, or the zero in the middle would be your neutral on it. And that just kind of gives us a way of seeing how the show flows, which is why we call it the show flow. Um, the, the theory behind it is to sort of see runs that happen, uh, overall scores of, of, of shows, etc. And it's really gathered us uh, a lot of very, very interesting data, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, yeah. It's, re it's really interesting. It it's really gives you a sense of people at the show, people not at the show, just uh, overall, what, what songs are people liking, what are they not, you know, how is it, where does the show have a lag, where does it pick up, how did it finish? Um, and then overall, it gives us a way to just get, get another kind of analytic, another kind of measurement on how is the show rated, right? We got the five stars, one through five, that's one way to do it. But then if you break it, get a little bit more granular with the show flow by song by song, gives us a rating for the show overall. And so historically, we've just kind of showed, here's how that show, show flow rating um, is the total for everybody and you see that just going in tour central looking at the, look at the tour and you can see for each show here's the show flow each um, which is great uh, but uh, some um, ants uh, in the ants plus forum threw out the idea you know what I'd love to be able to compare um, my personal show flow versus what you know the general public general community is rating shows and so uh, added that feature now if you jump into tour central go to the tour um, you can see side by side what the public show flow is and then also see yours. So you can kind of see, you know, do you trend higher than the general public, lower than general public, or where were you off? And then you can also kind of call out, you know what, why, why was I so different there? And click into the show and be like, yeah, it's because, you know, I really enjoyed this run or I really didn't like this run. And that was really why my opinion is different than the other. So, um, yeah, new little feature there. And it's always interesting to see negative signs in front of percentage signs because sometimes you just don't like a show yeah and, and it ain't pretty um and i didn't like last night's uh for recording this on the 16th of july as we mentioned i did not like july 15th show uh in um st louis or outside st louis very much at all so that's yeah. a negative for me unfortunately uh, but it is interesting to see how it rates out yeah i was actually just pulled that one up uh, earlier today and it was pretty interesting to see it caught me off guard that just seeing um how much that tailed off at the end, the show flow there, the, um, the different opinions. But um, the other thing um, that we did is, um, which I'm trying to click on it at this moment, and maybe my computer's not working, but um, is real quick, another small little feature thing is if you go to your show stats, your personal show stats, added a feature that, there it goes, just my slow computer, um, that will count out the shows for you. Traditionally, we just said how many total things you've registered, total instances you've registered. Uh, but now if you go just click in the top right corner of our website where it says My Tour Stats, brings up your all your shows you've been to, and there's now on the left-hand side a count, and it'll count off um, the show so you can easily see, hey, I went to, um, 
I went to John Paul Jones Arena in 06. What show was that? Oh, there, there's my, that's what number show was my blank number of show. And um, if you click actually on the header. 26. It was your 26? It was 20, 26 show, yes. Oh, I just 20, 20. Mine was um, 38. 3 million? 38. 38. Um, so, uh, but if you click on the header at the top of it, where, you know, where it says count, you can actually change it from counting every show individually, everything, no matter if it's D&T, Dave and Tim, DMB, um, a Fonz appearance, whatever it is, it can count everything. You can see your total of that. But if you click on it, it'll break out the count and show you DMB full band only so that you have the accurate count of what that show was when it comes to DMB full only. Wow. Or you can, and you click it again and it'll count out the others for you. So you can see your total number of others or you can see your total number of just DMB. Because I don't know, as I talk to people out there, there's a, there's a number that like to know how many shows you've been to, but specific to DMB only. A lot of people say it's your 100th show, and then you're like, is that your 100th everything, or is it your 100th full band? Because I think a lot of people like to know what their full band number is. And so now you jump into your tour stats, you can quickly see what count you are overall, or just DMB full band, or, or just the other stuff other than full band. So small little feature there, too, if you, you're interested in checking out. Uh, because of that great new feature, I have now learned that the show that I saw in Atlanta on the 30th of May was my 50th 5-0 uh, Dave Matthews Band show. It's the I did not know that. And that is the same number of this podcast. And today is your birthday. Happy birthday, Jake. And it's also your 50th birthday. You know what? You can go to hell. <laughs> well, it is your birthday. It is your birthday, it right? It is my birthday. It is my birthday today. 22. 22 oh, years old today. 22. What was your and 20 I, What was your 22 show? 22nd show. Uh my 22nd show, the same as my birthday was um <laughs> back in 2005, which is really weird because that meant that I was um negative 2. Younger. Negative 2. You know, kind of funny though. My 20 my 22nd show was on July 16th, 2005. No How way. Free, Are you serious? How, I your, kid you not. Your freaking birthday. Yes. And what a what a wonderful show it was. Uh that was the stand-up tour featuring one Crash, Dream Girl, Hunger for the Great Light. Uh, don't drink the water. They did play You Never Know, which was nice. Smooth Rider, Die Trying, Warehouse Granny, Bayou, Gray Street, Where Are You Going, which I believe was the bathroom at that time. <laughs> Jimmy Thing, American Baby, Too Much, and then the encore of Old Dirt Hill and Two Step Wars, I like to call it, uh, in the parking lot and driving away. So yeah, it was fun. That was a rough year. That was a rough show. That's a rough year right there. I have I have not rated that show, but I will. I will rate it uh, post haste. Everyone, Indeed. check out the show flow later today as it tanks. Uh, so yeah, yes. two little... and the other thing. Yeah, go ahead. I'll just say those are the two little quick little features. The, the one I actually teased about on the last podcast is much more major, and uh, I would consider it's not still huge, but um, significant more significant than these. Um, I have not gotten time to yet, so uh, that is that will still be still be to come. Well, I wanted to bring up something that we talked in great detail about uh, in the last podcast, which was the unbelievably wonderful Twitter questions we got. Mm. And we wanted to spend a little more time with that. So we're going to try to knock out as many as we can uh, in the next few minutes. And unfortunately, Matt isn't here because I know he really, really enjoyed that. But next time we'll do it again. So in the next podcast, Matt will be back for that and we will uh, have questions. So make sure you have a couple Matt-centric questions. Uh, I want to mention one that we skipped last time, which was uh, uh, 
podcast number 49. We did not get to this question, but it's a little timely uh, considering what's coming up in the weekend, uh, coming up when we're re recording this uh, podcast, which is Deer Creek. And that's from uh, Patrick Neff, who asks, do you think Deer Creek will get another live tracks in the future like Alpine? If so, what show would you pick? Uh, and there's two things I want to mention before I throw it over to you. One, there's this weird thing that we've all noticed. It seems like all the venues sort of get a release, all the big ones. And there's really not that many big ones left. I mean, really, the biggest one left, the biggest ones left are probably MSG and West Palm Beach. Yeah, West Palm Beach is surprising. They're the only, yeah, yeah that's, that's really it. And West Palm Beach has had some really good shows, but they're in weird years. Uh, you know, 09 and 10, and, and nobody really wants an 09 release, it seems like. And in 2010, there's already had a bunch. Um, so just to answer that part, I, I don't think that just because Deer Creek has had this release, which incidentally is Live Tracks 34, and there's still a chance to order it, the show is really, really, really good. It's from 2009. It was a time when DMV did three stops in Deer Creek, and the bonus disc is made up from the other night. The bonus disc is absolutely outstanding it might be the best bonus disc they've ever done so if you're interested in the live tracks go ahead and pick it up um but i don't think that just because deer creek's getting released now that they're not going to get released again and you know if the show's good i guess it could be soon don't do you think there's any bias against it because of the release no i don't want you do no i don't really i think that you know I'm sure it plays into it at some point. It just seems like it does. But I think what it comes down to is if the show's good, the show's good. Yeah. You know, I don't think you just go, hey, let's release you know, West Palm Beach 2013 just because they don't have one. Exactly. I mean, the show wasn't that great. You know, yeah. I was there, trust me. I think, you, know, I think you said it right. It, 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 there's some factor in the equation, the crazy equation, that is, has this, has, do we have a vet, do we have, um, a release from this venue. So if something gets nominated from the, the West Palm, it's going to get a little bit of an upvote because um, it's, we haven't, you know, haven't had a release from there yet. But not, not, not. That's not the first decision tree, a branch of, let's go find a venue that hasn't had a release yet. I think, like you said, the first decision branch is let's find a good show and then go from there. And I don't know. I mean, Deer Creek 2014. I'm a little bit partial to Spoon with Brandy. Um, not necessarily like not a Lannis, not a Lannis level of spoon, but yeah. still good. But that was the one that was released on um, the warehouse just a couple of years ago, I believe. Yeah, well, so. I'll, take, I'll take the full. I'll take the full. Uh, um, full show. Right. Um, Kelvin Kramer actually asked two questions. Kelvin Kramer. Um, I just said that. That's all right. Um, he asked two that are kind of completely different, but. I kind of like the one that he asked about this coming weekend because you're going to be going to the shows in Deer Creek. Uh, he's hoping for a last stop at Alpine. But what sort of songs are you looking to debut, Joe, in the next few weeks or so? We've already seen a couple pop in there, um, depending on how you feel about them. Captain appeared, which is outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, Line of the Hands of God came back, which nobody cared about. But what are you looking for? <laughs> Say goodbye. Came back last night. Um, say goodbye came back good point yeah which has really um i don't know gosh i haven't really put I, uh, my my things would be pretty obscure um i want good good time um 
I would love good good time, and they actually played good good time at, at Deer Creek last year. Um, but I'm just a little partial to that song. I don't know that anybody else would want it back. Um, I don't know. Am I think? What, what am I forgetting? About let you down the acoustic. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody wants that. Um, that's way overdue. I, I wouldn't mind hello again. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that song's sort of forgotten, and, and it's it's a good rocking tune that gets people up and moving. Yeah. Um, even, even Joyride. Joyride's in the same boat. I, another one that I kind of don't understand what happened to it. You just want the woos. You just want some woos. Yeah, feel, I love feel, the woos. Feeling left out from the warehouse woos, so you're going to ask for Joyride to get the woos. I mean, we talked about Spoon. I'd love, love, to, get, love to see Spoon. Um, yes. I, 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 what I'm more interested, actually, maybe, the, I, maybe I shouldn't be, than what songs might make a tour review. I'm actually more curious about what will Deer Creek and Alpine get for guests? Um, because I, I think, you know, you got, you got some of these venues have had, I mean, Camden with Warren Haynes, Bella Fleck at SPAC. I mean, Deer Creek Alpine, what are you bringing to the table? Maybe you'll get the ladies. Man, that'd be <laughs> great, wouldn't it? Awesome. That's what I'm more curious about. And, man, my my mind could race on what we could get for guests. I mean, John Popper, we didn't talk about it because we, you know, we have so much content that we can't cover in this podcast. We'll have to cover it another time. But John Popper made an appearance up in Detroit. And what would you say? Right? What would you say? Um, yes. Um, t- I would say that's amazing. I would freaking die for that. I would, I, I'd, that makes the show. Again, where, I mean, if I just got had that, I don't really care what happens. That would just be a lifetime to see that. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen for Deer Creek. And I find it could be nothing. I always keep my expectations low. But... I mean, you think they got to bring somebody unique. Um, the other question that uh, Calvin asked was, uh, what was your favorite set this year? I'm going to try to change it up a little bit for you, Joe. Just the shows that you saw, um, what was your favorite? Spack. You could make it quick. It's so back night, too. It's back. It's back night, too. back night, too. That's yeah. perfect. Um, I, I think I think Tuscaloosa was actually the best show, and that's not a, uh, a Homer Roll Tide, pick out of me. Yeah. I, I really like this show. But uh, even though the Rapunzel, that show was an absolute train wreck. Um, uh, Carl, um, whose last name looks uh, weird to me, Rick, wants Rick, to know about the new album. Rickbot5000. New album? Question, last question. New album. Dot, dot, dot. I mean, um, you know, what's the latest? You know, we've seen um, orchestra parts get recorded. Um, you know, we've seen uh, little hints of album stuff happening, but um, kind of quiet on the album front over the last few weeks, unless I've missed something. Did I miss anything, Jake? No, I, I think that I'll believe it when I see it until it happens. I mean, you can just sit back and relax and enjoy the tour because it wouldn't be the first time they shelve something. It ain't going to be the last. I so. hear you. I, I'm on that board. Um, Carollo41 wants to know about the amount of cover songs being played this tour. This is something I talked a little bit about earlier. There's a lot of songs played this year that I actually like a lot. Mm-hmm. Take Me to the River, I like a lot. I actually like Whiter Shade of Pale a lot. Um, I might be the only person that likes Take Me to Tomorrow and actually likes Dave's version. Yeah. I, I don't really like what DMB is doing with the covers this year which is strange because, generally speaking, I like what they do to songs. Now, I like what they do to Sledgehammer, and I like what they do to Burn Down the House. I don't like them with the ladies, but you know, you really can't hear them on it anyway because the crowd's screaming so loud. Well, it's usually each year you get something new, a new kind of cover, right? I mean, we've had, like, Sweet Emotion. We've had different stuff. 
Um, I mean, if you take out um, the Grateful Dead cover and you take out um, Take Me to the River, I just call those one-offs. They're not like a new cover for the year, right? I mean, they're just re they're just reruns, retreads. And I, the funny thing is, is actually showing my dad uh, for the first time the DMB Live app and how it tweets out the songs live as they're played. And it just so happened, you know, as it, the first one came in, it was um, Whiter Shit Up Hail. And he's like, huh? He's like, that's not a DMB song. Why? They, they play covers? He's like, don't people get up? Aren't people pissed that they play covers? Like, aren't they there to see DMB? And I kind of took a step back and I was like, actually, people aren't as pissed as you think. You know, I guess maybe at first glance, you'd be, you might be kind of upset. Maybe people that, you know, go to a show and they're not expecting that, maybe they are pissed. But it seems like people are okay with it. I would want new covers, my personal opinion. Um, don't want some retreads. Get creative. Um, but I, I'm okay, I guess. I, I don't know. I expect I don't, you know, thank you in the encore. Maybe keep the covers out of the encore. And I even actually apply that to a Watchtower too. I know I'm not in the majority there, um, but I would actually keep covers out of the encore. Uh, I I would agree with you on everything you just said. Um, this is something that we get asked quite often. It's from uh, Cindy Sakula, which says, uh, "What do you think about the recent trend of periscoping the shows?" Um, let me just say that we're not going to broadcast any periscopes from ants. We know that people do it. We know that there's threads and posts and stuff like that. We're just not going to do it. And that's just the way we're going to be. I know we're weird like that. Um, do I like it? Yeah, it's great. It's fun. It's fun to watch the shows. It's fun to listen to the people that are trying to pick up the girls standing next to them. I think it's hilarious. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's fun to see people that don't know how to hold their phones when they're periscoping. Um, it, it's what it is. It's, it's the future and, and there's yeah. really nothing you can do about it. it, it, it. So I, I mean, compare it to when cell phones first came out that had cameras in them and I was like, Oh my gosh, people are taking photos at shows. I mean, that you're not, you're not supposed to have cameras at the show. And, you know, and then, you know, society picks up DMB or just regular concert experiences pick up. And then now pictures are in videos from on phones is just like natural. And it's actually a good thing for it because it gets it, it sends some exposure, gets it out there. Now, Periscopes is just the new phase of that. We're pretty, still pretty early in, in this. I mean, this, this streaming live shows started as early as years ago. Periscope has made it a lot more easier and it, it becomes more and more abundant. We'll see how the concert experience adjusts to that and, and maybe welcomes it. Exactly. Um, Jason, uh, is it uh, J.W. Bergdahl asks about a compilation this year of guest artists. What do you think? Yay or nay? Oh, that's a cool idea. I'd take it. Absolutely. I, mean, I think it's a great idea. I think it's it's a probably hard to thing to happen. Do they have to get everyone's permission for that to happen or do, as part of as part of playing? I would think it? so. Or as part of playing the show, they've already agreed that it could be released. Is that is that is the fact that it could be released pre-negotiated, or it would have to be futurely negotiated? That's a good question. I would think that they would um, have to get permission after, um, after the fact, and yeah, after the fact. So I would say that logistically, it's impossible. And to, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I would even want it because you know you're going to get three people on there singing that I don't want to hear. So uh, it's a good idea for on paper. But for, I you're going to get the three people you don't want to sing 
even if they didn't do a guest compilation, you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that in a in a warehouse disc anyway. Or so I mean, might as well get the mm-hmm. get. Might as well get Popper, get Fleck, get um, you know everybody else uh, on on the releases. I know. I'm just. Um, this is, this is a great one that pops up on the, um, boards all the time. Scott, uh, uh, Krellner wants to know about, uh, Dave Matthews, Jacob Dylan and the knots. Remember that announcement like two years ago? What's up with that? I haven't heard any. I mean, that was a big wah wah also. I mean, geez, nothing's happened with that. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing going on with that. So just ignore it i think it could um, i think it could have been a parody i think it could have been a um <laughs> jacob dylan and dave said you want to you want to mess with everybody you just want to make this and leak it to some blogs that's what i think it started with a leak to a blog right and the blog reported it yeah. and that something think, weird like that they could have been punking us um dmb zeppelin who is someone you and i both know um wanted to know uh the trend of the warehouse disc uh, bringing back songs like "Good Good Time" and "Butterfly" is great, but where is "Let You Down"? It's almost where like the, is "Let You Down"? It's almost like the, have we been let down? <laughs> it's almost like they have like tried to disown this song. I don't know. You tell me. What, what's that? What's the deal, Jake? Um, "Let You Down" is probably the worst song Dave ever wrote that was released prior to Every Day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's. It's to the point where people want to hear it because it's rare. And it's easy for me to say because guess what? I heard it. I heard it at a Dave and Tim show in Providence in 1997. So it's a song song I don't need to hear, which is very unfair for me to say that people don't need to hear it. But it's really not that great of a song. Would it work in the acoustic? Hell yeah, it would. Mm -hmm. Would I want to hear it in the acoustic? Absolutely. There's a lot of songs that I don't like personally that I think would be good in the acoustic. I we mentioned this um, in the last podcast. I actually like where the when the world ends in the acoustic. I think it works better there. So I'm okay with that. So why are they not playing it? Who the hell knows? Who knows? Let me uh, let me read one here. We got uh, Bo Maggard at Maggard 103. He wants to know Jake Bella Fleck. Always the highlight of the night when he's the guest. How would you feel about him joining the band? Well. Um, Sure. I mean, because there's not enough people on stage anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, um, we're a little short of people on stage. You know, Bella's got his own band, and I think he's got his own things going on. Um, could could he add to the band? Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a tremendous artist, and he's, if he's around your nape of the woods, make sure you go see him. But uh, you know, he's he's kind of got his own thing, and and this is this is what happened with Tim back in basically from 2000 till 2008 was every other day we had a thread saying, I wish Tim would join the band. I wish Tim would join the band. I wish Tim would join the band. And then Tim joined the band. And then it was, oh, God, somebody turned down Tim. He's too loud. He's this. He's that. And you're kidding yourself if you don't think it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's ridiculous because Tim doesn't need to be turned down. Tim's perfectly fine. But that's just the way it is. No, so, yep, no more needed. Band's good. I like it. Guest spot, perfect for, for him. How about um, Josh DeWitt at... Uh, Day Slitty Bang, maybe. All right. Um, says uh, my favorite. That's library. why I don't. You know, well, I gotta give the shout out to the hat to the um, to the uh, username. You can't leave that hanging. There's a lot of Josh DeWitts out there. It just sounds weird. Go ahead. Yeah. My favorite live recordings come from the warehouse membership discs. 
what would be your perfect warehouse disk? Um, let's see, now I got to look at them. I would, I would kind of change it a little bit and say which ones I really, really liked. Um, you know which one I really, really liked? Which one? There's one from a few years ago that had um, number 40 on it, the same number 40 we spoke about before from SPAC, and it had a Dream So Real, and it had that great version of Kit Kat Jam, which is another song I would love mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. And that That's one from like five years ago as I slowly click to figure out which one it actually was. And that would be Warehouse Volume 5. Wait for it. 10. 5, 10. 10. Yep. Or 8, and 7. And 8, 7. Yep. That, that whole disc. Or I no, really you, had, you had to get it on 8, 7. Or, I mean, you, you had to get it yeah. on. Um, you had to get, yeah, you had to get you it. Had to be a, you had to be a, a three-year-plus member to, exactly. to actually get that. Yeah, so it's not but on 5. I, I really like that whole disc. I really like actually from from basically from 2010 on. I really like all the discs, but that one had a nice mix of songs that was kind of eclectic a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like it That's when they take me. the time to find the unique performance out of that year. Um, you know, not the same outros and same kind of interpretations you know i i like it when they find the unique one out of it and i they've been doing a pretty they've been doing a really good job with that i I have no complaints with the uh, warehouse discs i think um i think a lot of times they're hard to top kind of like the um the dancing nancy's from what would be this year's disc which was the warehouse seven volume three uh warehouse 10 volume three that was the one that actually is the too high outro which is from uh, Hartford in '09. Mm-hmm. Remember the song "Too High" mm-hmm. from uh, Dave and Friends. Yep, Dave and that's Friends. that was the only time it was ever played. I really think that'd be so, a good cover. That'd be a good DMB cover. That that "Too High" Dodo. I'm I'm with you. Do it up. Do I'm it. I'm down with all. Do it, Dave. Exactly. You want to hit the last question? Yeah, we got one more. To close this out is RJP at RJ3 DMB for life wants to know. Do you think we will get a great set at Deer Creek like Spat got? And that was great in capital letters. You want to comment, Jake? Sure. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. It's going to be a really, really bad show. It's going to rain. Um, the power is going to go out. I'm just trying to be, you know, the opposite of what you're going to say. So. <laughs> I keep my expectations low. I already said that. So um, you're not going to get that from me. I'm going to say I'm hoping for a unique guest. But I actually don't. I'm a little bit more worried about Deer Creek than I am Alpine. Um, so I will say Deer Creek. I think it will not be SPAC level. Um, it will be better than Camden, and we'll leave it at that. Okay, I'll, I I would take that. I think anybody would take that. Yeah, I would. I would and, yeah, and good show. And, and with that, I hope that uh, you, Joe, have a great. Um, Deer Creek weekend. I hope everybody else does be safe while you're traveling to the show, wherever you're coming from. I, and I do indeed hope that the shows are very, very good. Um, I hope that there's not four songs each night that are very, very predictable, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, those guests. <laughs> yes. And then um, 
after that, after Deer Creek, uh, the Dave Matthews Band is back on the road. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're heading uh, up north, A, to America's Hat, which is known as Canada. Mm. And they're going to be in Toronto, and they're going to be in Quebec, in uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. And then back to uh, Alpine, and then heading down to Florida, my uh, my way. And that closes so, out the uh, first leg, right? First leg, and then we'll come back and do a podcast um, probably before Alpine, we hope. But we'll see how we play it, because as you know, it's been a little... You know, it's July, and everybody's on vacation, so it's yeah. always... It, 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 may, it may be on Deer Creek's shoulders, whether or not another pod gets squeezed in or not. Correct. It's it's all up to them. It's on Deer Creek. It's on so, you, Deer Creek. I mean, and we flew over a lot of other stuff, so there's probably plenty of content we can uh, touch on from some of the other shows, some exciting stuff that happened, but um, Deer Creek is this weekend. Excellent. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up and, uh, and call this one a day. So, Joe, thank you for finding time, because I know it's been a crazy week for both you and I. I know. Get everything done, and we just... We miss Matt, and hopefully Matt will be back uh, next time. He will be back next time. Yes, we miss miss you, Matt. And um, Jake, I just want to say I hope you enjoy the rest of your 22nd birthday. Thank thank you very much. The big two-two. Big two-two. Excellent. All right, we'll see everyone next time. Thanks a lot. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.